Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. What's happening? What has your week been like? This week has been very busy for me, a little bit hectic as well. We're kind of moving around a bit just now, all in different places, which is great, but it's also super stressful. And I've also been doing lots of work. I've been finishing up with other areas of my work, which has been fantastic, but as well starting new things and trying different things as well. So it's been good and stressful at the same time. Uh, I'm currently in the recording studio today. We're going to be talking about something very important for health today, as well as in general. I really hope you've had a wonderful week. Well, without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. So today we are going to be talking about four steps, four tips to a healthy heart. And we all know why this is so important. Cardiovascular diseases contribute to a load of different diseases like heart failure. We also have um, different types of heart defects that occur from lifestyle behaviours. So cardiovascular diseases are a whole umbrella term for a multitude of different heart conditions and as we all know heart conditions are the number one cause of uh, death today globally which is an absolutely insane statistic more so than starvation or accidents or all of these things it's the number one cause of death so it's so important that we understand how to have a healthy heart and how we can actually protect our hearts against failure and as we all know our hearts are the reason we stay alive the sole functioning of the body uh, and the heart is completely reliant on how our heart functions and how we treat our heart. And there's a bunch of different ways to make sure we have a healthy heart. So many different ways. But here are four diet tips that we can use. I think I might also include a lifestyle tip in this podcast as well, so we could call it five tips. But these are so critically important. So let's start off with that lifestyle tip that we have and then we'll dive into the four different tips to prevent heart disease from um, a diet perspective. So the lifestyle tip that I have for you all, of course, is exercise and we all know the benefits of exercise for our heart but it's particularly, particularly important for the specific effects of the heart and how the body functions. So, of course... There are a bunch of different types of exercise. So we've got cardio, we have resistance training, we also have flexibility, all of these different overarching umbrella terms for different types of exercise. Cardio is specifically important for a heart, as we've all heard, um, particularly for the functioning of the heart. So we have four different chambers in the heart. We've got the left and the right ventricles and the left and the right atriums. And the heart is very much more complex than this, but these four chambers play a really important role and have a huge impact on exercise. So during exercise, our blood output goes to about 80% of the muscles. So 80% of our blood output goes to our muscles that are being used in that moment. And the rest of the blood that usually goes to things like digestion and all of that when we're not exercising is completely depleted. So that's sometimes when you feel, side quick side note, but if you have like a, what is it, like kind of like pain or cramp 
after eating and you do exercise right after, that can be a reason because the digestion has lost quite a lot of the blood flow and is no longer able to digest when you're exercising. So that's why people don't really recommend and why people in general don't really exercise right after eating because it doesn't make you feel good. So 80% of that blood flow goes to our muscles. So say if I am running a marathon, quite a lot of my blood is going to the muscles in my legs, into my core and all the different muscles that it's using to make me run. So of course, with that comes a need for blood flow and blood flow quickly. And the reason for this is because blood carries oxygen through red blood blood cells and all of that. So with that oxygen is critically important, our bodies can then use the oxygen and our carbohydrate to be broken down as fuel quick side note as well our bodies have a couple different ways of maintaining um, exercise through carbohydrates and fats so and also creatine phosphate as well as some other things so the first storage so creatine phosphate takes around a couple seconds to be depleted and then after that it goes into utilizing glucose in exercise for our fuel source glucose is the most readily available fuel source to the body and it is from carbohydrates so there's a really simple process that occurs there that converts glucose and well carbohydrate into glucose that we can then be used as fuel sometimes when we go a little bit further on than that so things like marathon things like long-term training it then happens that we start to use fat when our carbohydrate or glycogen stores are depleted and this is takes a little bit longer to convert into glucose fat from glucose which um, can, you can see a decrease in performance and lots of different things like that. So basically our bodies need that oxygen to be able to convert glucose, well carbohydrate into glucose and that is really important for our exercise sustaining exercise and also physically being able to exercise so this blood flow is really really important and of course blood flow comes from the heart and over time with cardio training like running swimming cycling walking things like that our heart our left ventricle specifically gets larger over time so the body is able to fill more blood in the left ventricle and the left ventricle then pushes that blood out to the muscles and where the blood needs to go. So if your left ventricle is nice and big, obviously not enlarged but a little bit bigger than someone who maybe doesn't do cardio very often, our bodies can then store more blood in that left ventricle, push more blood and then more oxygen to our muscles which makes us more efficient at exercise. Exercise is easier and our hearts are also healthier over time and that is why a very long-winded scientific way of saying how important cardio is for our heart. So our heart essentially becomes more efficient at pumping blood which is incredibly useful not just in exercise but also at rest. This might be why you also see a lower heart rate in people that are highly trained and people that exercise a lot because it takes less beats to get the same amount of blood, the same amount of oxygen to the different areas of the body, which is really great longevity-wise for your heart health because the less your heart can work over time, the healthier it is going to be in the long run and especially at rest. So if you have a really high heart rate at rest, that might be a condition, that might be something totally different. But it can also be an indicator of lack of physical activity as well as poor diet and poor lifestyle. So a low heart rate is a super good way of telling kind of fitness levels and also the current 
situation going on in your heart. So if you can get as much cardio as possible, obviously that can be to excess. We're talking around 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity a week. And that is uh, 75 minutes of vigorous. So you could either choose between 150 minutes of moderate or 75 minutes a week of vigorous activity. Vigorous activity is super high intensity. So things like hip training, pushing yourself to the absolute limits. And moderate intensity is things like walking, at quite a brisk pace things like lower intensity swimming lower intensity running that type of thing can be really really great over term for heart health okay let's jump into the four tips for healthier eating for heart okay you all know i'm gonna say it number one is eat five or more portions of fruit and vegetables a day we all know the critical importance of this but eating this diet can be really really helpful for heart health it's higher in fiber it's rich in vitamins and minerals, it's low in calories and it's also very filling because of that fibre, which can help with weight control and of course weight gain is a risk factor for heart diseases and heart conditions. And it's also good for adding colour variety to your diet, adding those extra nutrients in. And again, time and time again, research has shown more fruit and vegetables a reduced risk of heart conditions. Uh, fruit and vegetables are very low in fat, if any fat, depending on the type of vegetable you are consuming. And they are also super nutrient rich for calories. And I don't, you know, as we all know, we don't really, I don't really like to focus on calories at all. But it is good to consider that you can have a lot of fruit and vegetables for very low calories, but also keep you very, very full for longer. And that is a great thing to adopt in your lifestyle, not just for your heart health, but for your health of absolutely everything that's going on in your body. So if you can get as many portions of fruit and vegetables as possible in your diet, I would say kind of a rule for two to three. So two portions being fruit, three portions being vegetables. You kind of always want to have a little bit more percentage of vegetables than fruit in your diet, mainly because there is such a wide variety of vegetables and they are really, really nutrient rich along with fruit. It is just a nice balance to have a little bit more vegetables, greens um, to fruit ratio. So number two, is to reduce how much fat you're eating. And this is important because high blood cholesterol as well as high blood pressure are two risk factors for heart disease. Both of these things are hugely associated with diet as well as overweight and obesity and lack of physical activity as well. So reducing how much fat you eat is so critically important. So how do we do that? You know, how do we uh, actually reduce the fat and why is it important? So Fat are also highly energy dense, so they are nine calories per gram in comparison to carbohydrate and proteins, which are four calories per gram. Not that that makes a huge difference, but and as an overall rule, we should be having a less of a quantity of fat than, uh, say, fruit and vegetables because of how calorific and how dense they are in uh, calories as well as nutrients. So really really important because some fats such as saturated fats um, increase blood glucose uh, blood glucose blood cholesterol levels um, and they're also found in things like cakes dairy pastries 
and also oils like palm oil and coconut oil and things like that. So you should try and limit these foods that are really high in fat, but not necessarily that are just high in fat that are also not nutrient dense. So things like uh, olive oil, rapeseed oil, walnuts, nuts in general, as well as uh, like salmon, things like that. These are foods naturally quite high in fat, but they shouldn't really be limited because of how nutrient dense they are. Of course, that is not to say that we should just pour olive oil on everything because they are such highly, uh, they're so high in calories, but not being kind of worrying about eating them because of the, the fat content more for the calories and the fact that we shouldn't be eating loads and loads and loads of olive oil and, and things like that. As far as walnuts and nuts go, kind of a small handful every day is a good way to go um, for that type of thing. We shouldn't be having like loads and loads and loads of nuts again because of how highly uh, calorie dense they are but there's a couple different ways that we can do to reduce our fat in our diet but still enjoy the foods that we eat and one of that is kind of I'm not massively into this depending on the type of products is to change to low fat dairy products so use low fat milk and cheese or kind of semi-skimmed or skimmed milk cottage cheese as well uh, and reduced fat cheese you have to be really careful with this because it can be sometimes a little bit more processed or they can also just add sugar in so things like greek yogurt can be quite good for this it's they just kind of lower the fat they don't add anything else in but if you're looking at low fat alternatives to the foods that you enjoy try and make sure there's not any added ingredients in place of the fat because a lot of the time there is milk uh, milk and uh, yogurt can sometimes be Greek yogurt in particular can be okay for this but other yogurts can be quite high in sugar because of the low fat so just check with that and make sure you're not just having a bunch of other sugars and sweeteners in there instead of the fat another thing you can do is remove skin from things like chicken and turkey because sometimes these the skin on these um, meats can be quite fatty and also high in salt so cut down on high fat snacks like you know, crisps, chocolate, bisques, um, biscuit, bisques, <laughs> crisps and biscuits, things like that that are inherently quite high in fat, sugar and salt. Anything that's super highly processed as well as high in fat, sugar and salt, try to avoid that in general, not just for the heart health, but also for overall well-being. So obviously having things like that in moderation is okay, but it shouldn't be something that we're having 24-7 because of the complications that it has on heart and also overall well-being. Also things like uh, take, like when you're having bacon, which I do not recommend, or, you know, fatty meats, try and take the fat off or not eat the fat, things like that. You can do all, of course, taking away processed meats in general and red meats um, or limiting red meats, taking away all processed meats. That is a better thing to do for reducing fat. As well as also when cooking, try not to have a load of oil in there. Try to make sure that you're not just putting loads and loads try and reduce the amount of oil that you are consuming especially if it is sunflower oils or um, vegetable oils and try to stick to things like olive oil and rapeseed oil Uh, what else we've got so another kind of tip that we have as well is reducing your meat consumption that can massively help reducing meat and dairy consumption can hugely help with uh, fat content in the diet um, particularly with processed meats particularly with uh, these types of sunflower oils and deep fried foods cakes you know things like that having a look at your diet maybe taking small changes maybe having a little bit less butter that different types of stuff can be quite useful 
Okay, step number three is to eat foods rich in omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids. So if you've listened to many of these podcasts, you've probably heard me talking about omega-3s before. Omega-3s are unsaturated fats, specifically polyunsaturated fats, that have a really good effect and are really helpful for the heart and also for your brain. Really important for overall well-being, particularly um, with things like oily fish as well as walnuts as well as uh, flax seeds uh, beans things like that rapeseed oil soybeans things like that or even you know oily fish is really a bioavailable version of omega-3 so things oily fish are things like mackerel herring fresh tuna sardines trout and salmon is the most common one so things like that but you want to be having kind of two portions a week of oily fish or trying to be having a lot of different omega-3 rich sources of plants uh, so you know walnuts uh, beans things like that all the way throughout the week that is super super important so how do omega-3s help the heart so it can make your blood less sticky the sticky uh, blood can happen when you're having too much Uh, fat or too much salt or in general an unhealthy lifestyle and this can help contribute to heart disease which we do not want as well as lowering the levels of triglycerides in the blood which is the main type of fat in the blood and can help uh, reduce that which can help reduce the risk of heart disease as well as helping to regulate heart rhythms and things like that so omega-3 is so important for our heart health so important for our brain health so if we can get as much omega-3 as we can even consider taking a supplement if you are someone who's a little bit older or if you um, don't have fish or if you don't have um, well meat or animal sources of omega-3 Okay, so my final tip for you all today on protecting your heart is skip the salt or have much less salt in your diet. And we've probably all heard about this again. Salt is such a, well, high salt diets are such a risk factor for high blood pressure. And high blood pressure are um, and is the second or first leading cause of heart disease. So really, really important. Reducing the salt in your diet can help prevent and lower heart disease, blood pressure, also other issues associated with um, high salt intake, a massive problem that we have in the UK. So try to move salt in, you know, at the table. So if you say you have table, you have table salt or, and you have it on the table, try to take it away from your table. This can, this can help quite a lot. It prevents you from kind of putting salt on it because you don't have it right in front of you. Um, As well as in cooking. So only put as much salt as absolutely necessary you know, don't just put in excess salt for the sake of it. Try to add small amounts, taste it, see how it is. Um, and if you don't need salt, don't add it in. Add in other things like uh, sp- herbs, spices, uh, that type of things, as well as things like lemon and acid, acidic things like vinegar, things like that can add taste without adding salt. Um, you can also choose uh, low salts you can find that like it's got like less sodium in it these salts you can find them in supermarkets as well as like low salt stock cubes and things like that you can also try that again read the ingredients on these things you don't want to be taking away the salt and adding in sugar or other chemicals you can also try and find foods that have 
or are labelled with no added salt or low salt. Sometimes this can be useful as well, depending on what they replace it with. Always read the ingredients. And also, of course, the number one thing is processed foods. Limiting processed foods, limiting your intake of like things like crisps, things like chips, uh, fish and chips, processed foods, ready meals. Uh, we know that a huge, huge uh, contributor to our salt intake in the UK is through processed foods or foods that we haven't made ourselves, as well as things like mixed nuts and seeds. So sometimes even mixed nuts where you think you're doing something really good can be roasted in, in salt in a huge way and has massive, massive amounts of salt in it. Uh, as well as get like tinder packet soups and sauces these can be massively loaded with salt as well as things like mcdonald's kfc ready meals processed foods in general takeaways can have huge amounts of salts and if you're having that regularly it can contribute to blood pressure or high blood pressure over time and then maybe even some kind of heart disease so Adults shouldn't be having any more than six grams of salt per day. Uh, so that's about a teaspoon. Um, and children is a little bit less than this. So you don't want to be... I mean, think about your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner, if you kind of split up the salt in that. Uh, and of course, if you add it to a meal where you're cooking for loads of people, um, you can kind of equate back. But this is really, really important. But if you're having very minimal amount of processed foods and you cook a lot of your meals on your own, you don't have to worry too much about salt. But it's if you're particularly having a lot of processed foods or a lot of high fat, high salt, high sugar foods, sometimes this can be the main culprit when it comes to salt. But following these different steps, so these four healthy eating steps, as well as trying to reduce um, the sedentary time in your life and increasing your exercise can have wonders and play wonders with your health and massively help your heart health, particularly if you are a healthy weight exercise and do all of these things you really shouldn't need to worry too much about your health uh, your heart health anyway <laughs> and overall health probably but you need to yeah this ideology about these four tips as well as exercise so fundamental if you can follow these simple tips um, we could make massive differences to the global population and the amount of cardiovascular disease, the prevalence of cardiovascular disease in the UK and in the world. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, super easy, five steps to ha- healthy hearts and how we can kind of reduce these amounts of cardiovascular diseases. I hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please remember to like, share, comment, get in touch with me about the podcast. If you would fancy being a guest on the podcast, give me a message, see what, and we can we can chat about that. Thank you so much for listening, and I will speak to you all next week. Bye.